You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pesha Mishra 5769, 2009. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Chukas. At the very beginning of the Parsha, we have the concept of the red heifer, the Para Aduma. Now, the Para Aduma is known as the Chukas HaTayra, the quintessential mitzvah or commandment that we do not understand. So, that's how all of the Mephorsh and the commentaries speak about it. And what's very interesting, and which we're going to understand soon with God's help, is that although the Mephorsh and the commentaries all say that we cannot understand this mitzvah, nevertheless, they all endeavor to give us an understanding of what's going on with this mitzvah. So, the first question, obviously, here is, what's going on? Why are they trying to give us an explanation if it's something that we can't really understand? That's question number one. Now, I'd like to go through a number of different aspects that the commentaries speak about in regards to the Parah Aduma, the Red Heifer, and we're going to see that there's a thread, a theme, that runs beneath the surface of the Parah Aduma, the Red Heifer. One of the first things that we see is that the commentaries say that the concept of the red heifer was given over, the understanding of it was given over to Moshe or to Moses, and it was exclusively given over to him, and it was not something that he could explain to the rest of the Jewish people. Now, we have to understand, what does it mean that only he understood it? Why was it only Moshe who could understand this concept? Why couldn't the rest of the Jewish people understand it? Another point that we see, which is very interesting, is that the Mephorsh and the commentaries say that the concept of the Paraduma, the red heifer, is that it comes to atone for the Maiseha Egel, the golden calf. And the way they say it is, that there was a calf that was made, this golden calf, and what we have is, as an atonement for that, we have a para, which is a mother cow, it will come along and clean up after the dirt or the dung of its child, so to speak. That's how they explain it. So the question is, how does the para aduma, the red heifer, come to atone for that sin? It's very interesting because the red heifer, the whole concept here has to do with tumah. It has to do with the ritual impurity that comes about when a person comes in contact with a dead body. So that tumah, that impurity is removed by a person taking the red heifer, taking the ashes of the red heifer, placing them in a certain type of water, having it sprinkled on the person, and then there's a whole process. And in the end, so he becomes pure and he's allowed to enter into the temple. So what does this have to do with the concept of the Maisa Egel with the golden calf? Another question I'd like to ask is slightly more general, and that is that we see, besides for just over here in regards to the red heifer, the Maisa Egel, the golden calf, we see elsewhere in Judaism that the cow, whether it's a calf, or whether it's a cow itself, or whether it's an ox, it plays a very significant role in Judaism. Where do we see? We see it in the korbanos, the sacrifices. Constantly you have a para, either a female cow or a male cow, a para, which is also a shore. Or you see that there's a concept of an egla arufa, which was an entire ceremony that surrounded the smashing of the skull of a calf, we see that there are numerous places that the cow has a significant role. The question is, what is the understanding of that? Why is a cow or an ox or a calf so significant? What does it represent? Another very interesting thing that we find that the commentaries say is that in talking about the concept of the dead person, who a person comes in contact with and therefore needs to come onto this whole ceremony of the Par Aduma, the Red Heifer, it talks about Adam Kiyomus Ba'oyel, when someone shall die inside of a tent. And our sages actually take this verse out of context, and they tell us that this verse, besides referring to the simple explanation of what is going on, it also refers to something else. And that is that if a person wants to have success in Torah, if he wants the Torah to become a part of him, and if he wants it to have a kiyum, a continuation in him, so then he has to kill himself. And they see from this verse, Adam kiyomus ba'ohel, when a person kills himself, so to speak, he's completely committed to the Torah, so then he's going to have success in Torah.
Now, I don't believe that it's a coincidence that this concept was specifically learned out of the verses of the Paradum of the Red Heifer. But the question is, why was it specifically taught that if a person wants to have success in Torah, so he has to completely dedicate himself to it? Why is it specifically here? So I'd like to take us a little bit off track, and you're going to see soon that it's not really off track, but we see that the concept of the shore, the ox, and the egel, the calf, both play a very significant role in the life of Yosef, Joseph. What do I mean? What am I talking about? So there's a little story that's very easy to pass over that happened with Yosef, with Joseph. And this story, I believe, is very significant for us to understand what's going on here. Our sages tell us that after Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, so he sent with his brothers Agolis. Agolis are wagons. And he sent them up to, to tell Yaakov, Jacob, his father, that indeed he was still alive and he should come down to Egypt to join him down there with all of his family. So now, Yaakov, when, when they came to Yaakov to tell him that indeed Joseph is still alive, it's been 22 years that Yaakov had thought that his beloved son Joseph was dead. He couldn't believe them. He couldn't believe that Yosef was still alive. So many years he thought that he was dead. But when he looked up and he saw the Agalois, he saw these wagons. So somehow he realized, he was able to infer from the wagons that indeed Yosef was still alive. And the verses say that when he saw these wagons, his life returned to him. And our sages say that the Ruach HaKodesh, the divine spirit that had left him for 22 years returned him at that moment. What was it that he saw in the Agolis, the wagons? So the commentaries explain that the last conversation that Yosef and Yaakov had had, before Yosef went to look for his brothers 22 years earlier, their last conversation was as follows. Yaakov says to Yosef, I'm going to come with you, I want to accompany you a certain distance as you start your journey to go out to your brothers. And Yosef says, no, 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 dad, you know, it's, it's okay, I can do it myself, it's not necessary for you to come with me. And Yaakov turned to him and taught him the halacha of Egla Arufa, that halacha that we mentioned earlier. And it has to do with the concept that if there's a dead body that's found between two cities, so the city that it's closer to has to go out, all the sages of that city have to take an Egla, a calf, and they have to take the calf to a certain place, they have to smash the calf's skull, and they have to say, we were not responsible. And what's the reason why they have to do this whole ceremony? The explanation is because they were responsible. The responsibility was, because why? Why did this occur that this person died as he went out between these cities? And the reason is because he was supposed to have been accompanied by people. The sages had a responsibility to accompany him in order to protect him, to show him the proper path. They didn't do that, therefore they bear responsibility. That's what's going on with the concept of the Egla Arufa. And that is what Yaakov taught Yosef. He says to him, that's why I'm going to accompany you now because I'm showing that I'm taking responsibility for you and I want to make sure that you are steered on the proper path. So that was the last conversation, can you imagine, that Yosef and Yaakov had had before Yaakov found out that his son Joseph had died, had been ripped apart, and that's all he knew. And 22 years later, what does he see? He sees agolis. He sees wagons, which have the same word. Agala sounds like egla. Agala is a wagon and egla is a calf. So he knew that in fact it was from Yosef. Yosef was hinting to their last conversation. Now the question is over here, it's very nice, it's cute, you know, it's the same word, here's an agala, it's a wagon, an egla is a calf. The question is, you know, that's just a cute mnemonic perhaps, but how do we see something deeper, that there was a greater hint from these wagons, the fact that indeed Yosef was referring to that last thing that they had learned together? And it's very important that we understand this, because it holds the key to an understanding of what is the concept of the egla, the calf, what does it represent to us?
I think that if we think deeply into the matter, we can see that what is the concept of the Egla Arufa? The concept, the last thing that they discussed, this smashing of the skull of the calf. What is a calf? So, if we could look at a shore, an ox, which is a male cow, we look at a para, which is a female cow, and we look at a calf, what are the distinguishing features of each of these different animals? Now, there's something interesting here as well that hints to this, and soon we'll see that this is actually the entire crux of the conversation. And that is that Yosef, the tribe of Yosef, when they were given the blessing by Moshe, by Moses, so one of the parts of the blessing was that they're referred to as a Bechor Shor, a firstborn ox. Now, the question is, what does that mean? Why do we refer to Yosef, or to the tribe of Yosef, as a firstborn ox? What's an ox? So the hint comes with the Ramban. The Ramban brings a verse in Mishle, chapter 14, verse 4, and it says as follows, V'rav tevuos b'choyach shor. A great amount of produce is produced with the power of the ox. You want to understand what is the essence of an ox? The ox represents the ability to produce. Or said slightly differently, the capacity to take responsibility. Now what's very interesting is in these verses, the commentaries here explain it in two ways. One is simply that it's talking about the fact that the ox is involved at every level of production when we're talking about wheat. Another explanation that they give is that it's talking about the concept of Torah, that a person who is like an ox, who takes it upon himself to produce, so he's the person who's going to have success in Torah and amass a wealth of Torah in a place where there was once a dearth. Now what's interesting is that here again, just like in regards to the Paraduma, the red heifer, the red cow, so we found that there was a connection between the red cow and Torah. Here again we see in regards to an ox, there's a connection between the concept of the ox, which is production, producing, and the concept of the Torah. Now let's try to express this in a little bit more of a clear-cut way. What exactly is the concept of the ox, what's the cow, what's the calf? And I believe that we could express it this way. If I would ask you, who is a man's best friend? So naturally you would answer that a dog is a man's best friend. But the truth is that I believe that the best friend of a man is actually an ox. What do I mean? Because we find that there's a concept. After Adam HaRishon, the first man sinned, so he was sent off with the curse, and that curse was, If you want to eat bread, it's going to be by the sweat of your brow. That means that man now is going to be involved in toiling in order to earn his livelihood. If you want to get bread, you can't just pray and all of a sudden the bread appears. Now you're going to have to work for that bread. So who is going to help you now? It's not going to be the snake. It's not going to be the dog. You know who's going to help you now if you want to produce bread? It's going to be the ox. The ox is the man's best friend. He's the one who helps him to accomplish what now, unfortunately, because of this curse, he must accomplish. So we could say that the ox represents the physical nature of man, the place to which man has fallen. Now that man has sinned, and he's no longer completely involved in the spiritual, so now he's fallen to a place where he has to be involved in his physical livelihood, he has to be involved in producing bread. How does he do that? Through the ox. The ox represents the roiv tvuis, the production, the responsibility that now is upon man to directly be involved with his livelihood. The para, the cow, the female cow, on the other hand, represents the responsibility of the woman now. What's the responsibility? What's the goal, the role of a woman? Her responsibility is to direct, of course, her husband, but also it's to produce children, and it's to direct her children and to nourish her children. That's why the cow, what does a cow do for us? It pro provides milk for us. 
And it also represents the female concept, which is the concept of limitation, of taking the infinite potential of the male and limiting it and guiding it so it will indeed eventually bear fruit and not be spread too thin. We'll come back to this in a moment, but let's look at the calf. What's the concept of the calf? I believe that the concept of the calf represents the child who has no responsibility, the one who is completely dependent on his parents. The parents are there, they're sure the ox is providing by producing whatever needs to be produced. The mother is there providing by directing and giving that child milk. But the child just stands there. The eagle, the calf, just represents the reception, the receiving of all of the potential, all of the responsibility that's on his parents. He bears no responsibility. This was the last lesson that Yaakov, Jacob, taught Yosef. What was that last lesson? It was the concept of Egla Arufa. I'm taking you out to a dangerous place. I must accompany you. I have to take responsibility. The Egla Arufa, why would they smash the head of this calf? Because they had not shown responsibility. The Egla, the calf, which represents a lack of responsibility, that's what they were showing. This person that passed away between these two cities who was not accompanied, it really was our responsibility and we did not show responsibility we acted like a calf how does Yosef send back the information to Yaakov to let him know that he had not forgotten that last message he sends it back to him with agolis with wagons what are these wagons these wagons could only be sent by someone called Paro the Pharaoh the highest person in the land by Yosef sending these wagons, he was showing that he was a person who had, throughout his life, over the last 22 years, he had taken responsibility. He had worked his way up. He had ended up in a place which showed that he acknowledged the responsibility that was upon him. And that's why Yosef is referred to as the Bechor Shor. He's the firstborn ox. Why is he an ox? Because he takes the burden onto his back. He doesn't shirk his responsibility. He recognizes that he can change his situation, even though everything is against him. It looks like all the problems are out there. No. Anything that can be accomplished can be accomplished by my own actions, with Hashem's help, of course, with God's help. However, I am responsible. I am the ability to affect my situation. That's what Yosef was showing. That's what Yosef's example is. Now, what's the connection between the part of the cow, the female cow, and the concept of death? Why is it something that takes a person out of the impurity of death? And the answer, I believe, has to do with this concept that we're speaking about now. Because how did death come into the world in the first place? It was through Adam Harishon's sin. How did Adam sin? What was his initial sin? The whole sin had to do with the fact that there was a Nachash snake that convinced Eve to eat from this Eitzadas, this tree of knowledge. She ate from it, and then she gave Adam Harishon to eat from it. When God says to him, what have you done? Adam responds and says, it was the woman that you gave me. It was her fault. When he says to the woman, what have you done? She says, it's not my fault it was the snake's fault what do we see over here what's the sin what caused death to come into the world if they would have just turned around and said indeed i am responsible i sinned i take responsibility for the thing that i did wrong god would have forgiven them and they would not have been thrown out what happened why was death brought into the world because they shifted the blame they said i am not responsible someone else is responsible that was what brought death into the world. And that was what created the necessity for the para aduma, the concept of this para, this red heifer. What's the cow? The cow teaches us that there's a responsibility. And I believe it's specifically because it's a female. Because the concept of the female is always a greater level of responsibility of constriction. What do I mean? Because let's say a man is the person who brings home the money. He brings home the dough, so to speak. But who makes the bread? Who's the one who directs and decides where this money is going to go? So that's usually the 
the role. That's the fundamental role of the woman. She's the one that decides, just like she takes his infinite potential for children, and she limits it to only one and says there's going to be one child, so to speak. Obviously, she's not actively saying this, but that's physically what happens. So similarly, the woman's role is to responsibly limit the potential that's brought in by the man. So of course, the man represents a certain level of responsibility, but the woman represents a greater level of responsibility. And that's why it's a para, which the cow, which represents the female side of responsibility, that's specifically what's used over here. Because it's coming for an atonement for that original sin of Adam, that cause that death should be brought into the world. How? Through a lack of responsibility. But it goes even deeper, because it comes back to the Maiseha Egel. What was the golden calf? An unbelievable thing. What's the golden calf? Moshe had not returned. It was 40 days. The Jews counted. 40 days, Moshe has not returned. What did they do? They take some gold, they throw it into a fire, and a golden calf appears. A golden calf? Why does a golden calf appear? They didn't make the calf. It appeared. Why was it specifically a golden calf that appeared? And I believe the answer is because the calf represents a lack of responsibility. The Jewish people were acting irresponsibly by saying, where's Moshe? He has died. He's not coming back. That's ridiculous. That's not true and it's not possible. Heaven forbid, Moshe brought them out of Egypt. Moshe brought them to Arsina that has unbelievable revelation. He's going to disappear and not return. Heaven forbid, it can't be possible. There was an irresponsibility and that irresponsibility was reflected in what was created when they threw this gold into the fire. It was a calf. The calf presents a lack of responsibility. In fact, the entire sin of the Jewish people, most of the Jewish people were not involved with this sin. What was their sin? It was adishut. It was indifference. They didn't care. It was a lack of responsibility. They didn't stop it. They just let it happen. That was the entire sin of the Maisa Egel. And what do our sages tell us? It's unbelievable. They tell us that if they had not sinned with the Maisa Egel, the Jewish people for all time would never have died. They would have returned to the state of Adam HaRishon, the first man, before the sin. They would have returned to that state. But their lack of responsibility again repeated that original sin and therefore that's why death returns to the world and that's why again you need a para aduma this red heifer which again represents the necessity to take responsibility that's why it's necessary because there's death in the world therefore you have to be taught this lesson that we need to take responsibility just like the female concept which is all about taking responsibility limiting realizing that we have to use our time wisely use our resources correctly this is also the connection between the concept of the Torah and the concept of the Ox and the concept of the Para Aduma. Because the Torah is all about responsibility. It's all about not leaving it for someone else to do. The Torah doesn't talk about rights. It talks about responsibilities, obligations. It talks about the fact that I have to help out my neighbor if he's in trouble. It doesn't talk about the right of my neighbor to his property. It talks about the obligation of myself to make sure I don't damage someone else's property. The Torah is all about responsibility. It is the tikkun, it is the rectification for that original sin of Adam HaRishon. That's why the Torah connects into the concept of the ox, and it connects in to the concept of the paraduma, the red heifer. This is why Moshe Rabbeinu, only Moshe, could completely understand the concept of the red heifer. Why could only Moshe understand? Why couldn't the entire Jewish people understand? Because Moshe represented somebody who was completely consumed by responsibility. When God says to him, you know, I'm going to destroy the Jewish people, I'm going to make a new nation out of you. Moshe doesn't say, okay, fine, Beseder, that's fine, we'll, we'll go with that. No, he turns around to God and he says, no way, this is a Jewish people. You promised to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're going to bring them into the, to the land of Israel 
Israel. What are all the nations of the world going to say? This is horrible. He takes responsibility. He stands up. He is the one who teaches the Jewish people the concept of responsibility. And actually, most interestingly, he represents the concept of the Mashiach bin Yosef, the Messiah who comes from Yosef. What's the concept of Yosef taking responsibility? And in fact, you want to know who is Mashiach? Who is the Messiah? He's the one who teaches us responsibility. He's not someone who takes away responsibility, heaven forbid. He's not someone who comes and says that we don't have to keep the law anymore. Heaven forbid. That is the opposite of the concept of the Messiah. The Mashiach comes and teaches us that we need to learn the Torah. We need to take responsibility. We need to know what our obligations are. When we reject the concept of the golden calf, the lack of responsibility, and we take upon ourselves the all, the yoke of Torah, we become that sure, that ox. Then we can return to the time of Adam HaRishon. We can return to that state where there will no longer be death. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos.